Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking EV incentives, fund fee battles, and reward deficiency syndrome. Yeah, we're going to get all medical and start diagnosing people <laughs> with that reward deficiency syndrome. Uh, no, we uh, are not going to do that, but we will get to that story because uh, we like to talk about money from all the different angles. And that's a part of why we love our Friday flights is we not only cover all the different angles that you can talk about it. We talk about some of the different stories that we've come across this past week. I watched a lot of Doogie Hauser back in my day. I feel like I could do some that, medical that does analysis. does you a doctor. Sir. I stayed at a Holiday oh, Inn last night, Okay, Matt. Well, hey, real quick, let's mention we... Uh, so last Friday, we had our first... How to Money Listener Hang in forever. I mean, it's <laughs> been, been a while. A couple of years, I guess, since we had, like you say, crawled out of our hermit shells. And <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was so fun to meet so many different listeners out at Inner Voice. Um, the good, good beers, local, good pizza. Local brewery. Such great beers. Such great pizza. And, and great even hands. better, even better folks that we got to meet, man. We Yeah, uh, one listener, Victoria, she, she had just paid off her student loans. It was 15K. Kinda, they were celebrating the next day. They're going to have like a little party. Some friends are going to come over and play games, which, by the way, is totally my style of yeah. party. <laughs> yeah, no, so many great listeners. Uh, met listener Nick, who is j- just moved here to Atlanta. Oh! Who, by the way, can I just say, he what a cool dude. He started oh, yeah, listening Nick. since episode two when he started <laughs> school and he graduated. And now the guy's just balling. So he had the best story. He's like, literally, I was driving to Bama and pulled up episode two. I've been listening to you guys since. And he's not only finished undergrad, he's got his MBA. Super cool. And by the way, Nick was literally the first dude there. And we forgot to grab our socks. So Nick, if you're listening, if you're so everybody else, not everybody else, but a lot of other folks got socks. But you were literally the first guy there. If you're listening to this, 
hit us up. We want to send you a pair of socks. Well, and just want to mention, <laughs> so it is really, really, really fun uh, for oh, us yeah. to get to enjoy. So we get fun. to enjoy meeting other listeners, but but it's really fun to watch listeners interact and enjoy one another too. So that was kind of cool. And I just want to heads up. To, we're going to hopefully do more of these hangs in other cities in the future. And and in fact, we have one on the docket for it's on uh, the calendar, baby, in New Orleans, October yeah. 19th. Matt and I are going to be down there. So uh, we will post details shortly. But New Orleans, October 19th at courtyard brewing plan to be there that evening so mm-hmm. if you live in or around there anywhere in in louisiana like just Great come state of yeah louisiana. come on over to new orleans come hang with us yeah but we'll be there for fincon so there's a chance we'll have some of our uh, other personal finance buddies there with us yeah. well maybe some other folks that you either read or keep up with it just reminds me how great it is and it's like we need to do more of this so we're gonna oh, man. try to make it a priority but yeah it's it's a ton of fun we appreciate all the folks who came out last friday but joel like i mentioned this this is the Friday flight. And actually, speaking of last week, we actually, we crapped on the, the new iPhones a little bit last week. <laughs> $1,200, right? That's the uh, the new titanium model. It's a lot of money. The other iterations were kind of minimal. And so we think an upgrade doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Even if you do have an older phone, consider getting uh, an older one, not the brand new, the stinking brand new ones. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we didn't really discuss was the different carrier promotions that are happening right now where they're trying to entice you with a, a free or at least massively discounted discounted new iPhone. But are you really getting something for nothing? No, not really. <laughs> the, the whole goal, obviously, is to keep you locked into a more expensive phone plan uh, to keep you tethered to that company that you are currently with. And we have seen the space, the industry change over the years, the contracts, they don't exist in the same way that they used to, where oh. you literally can't switch, where you are locked in. Those were the the worst days of the cell phone industry when it was like two year contracts, the, the, the dark ages yeah. of cell phones. And now, like you still, yeah, you, like you said, you're kind of tethered, but not in nearly the same way. It's, yeah, it's, it's like basically the way that you're getting those discounts, the way that you're getting that money off, is that you have to stick with them because those those trade in deals they're paid out in monthly installments as opposed to kind of like an upfront uh, sort of lump sum mm-hmm. and so you're still again yeah you're just you're it's like a loose tethering it's like you could leave but oh you're going to you're going to owe us the difference mm-hmm. and so and obviously these are folks that probably aren't going to be willing to do that and so instead you're stuck paying those higher monthly rates and that's not how we want you to approach your cell phone yeah they they don't want you these big companies they don't want you looking in the direction of di- the discounters like mint visible and google fi which are three of our favorites right it's like this jedi mind trick and their marketing is all about getting you to like not see the discount cell phone plans <laughs> that exist out there in the ether stay focused on us. And so the big thing to look at though, just like with the purchase of a car, is the total cost of ownership, right? These big wireless companies, they are not giving away free iPhones like candy out of the goodness of their heart. And in fact, they're not giving away free iPhones despite what their marketing looks like. These are capitalist enterprises and their marketing is geared towards folks who want the newest phone, but can't fathom the idea of coming up with 1200 bucks for it in one fell swoop. And so if you're thinking about the total out-of-pocket cost you're going to face, something like a $15 a month cell phone plan and paying full price for a new, or preferably for an older model, like you there said, you Matt, go. is going to be your best money-saving bet. And by the way, we'll link to this in the show notes, but WalletHub just released some really helpful stats and this calculator so you can kind of see, well, if I do want to get the newest phone, where am I going to be able to get that and service at the cheapest rate? I don't think they included, actually, um, a couple of our favorite cell phone providers in their uh, calculations. But they did talk about how a lot of the the discount providers are going to save you a lot more 
over some of these yeah. these major cell phone plans that do you know all the advertising on the NFL games and the Major League Baseball games and stuff like that. You're going to be sure. inundated with them if you watch TV, if you watch sports. But sure, sure. I mean, and, and more than anything, what the calculator does, it just helps you to see what the actual costs are. And, and folks aren't taking the time even like sit down to Google Sheets or pull up a spreadsheet and punch it. Like you can do it yourself if you wanted yeah. to. Like you can li- just scri- uh, scribble it out on a piece of paper and you can quickly do the math. But we don't. A lot of folks don't do that. They aren't going through the the additional step to, to say and to ask themselves, how much is this actually costing me additional? And in a lot of cases, especially if you're looking at some of the pricier plans versus the most affordable plans, you are very likely going to be saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars. If over, not thousands, especially if, with if, yes. a lot of those family plans. That's what WalletHub found out was you might be saving thousands over a two-year period. It's insane. Uh, so on that note, the, the big wireless companies, they're also begging you to pay with a debt debit card or uh, via uh, ACH instead of with a credit card because we've talked about this, but the duopoly of Visa and MasterCard, they are continuing to raise their transaction fees. And so, of course, it's not only impacting uh, smaller businesses, which is oftentimes the context that, that we will discuss on the show here, but it's taking a pretty big bite out of their bottom lines as well. We talked about how listener Tyler, he's able to get around. This is sort of like a hack that he's doing. So he's got T-Mobile. He schedules his payment via debit card, right? So he's got his information on there, but then he goes in manually. He pays with his credit card. And so that gives him the best of both worlds, right? He's got the extra discount for having scheduled the payment in advance. But then he also has the protection and the rewards of using a credit card. He's got that cell phone insurance, Mm -hmm. the additional points and rewards. So I'm not sure if Verizon and AT&T are doing the same thing. And I'm not even sure how much longer T-Mobile is going to allow this to fly. But the worst way to pay them is via an ACH transfer. And that's because if there is a problem with the amount that's taken out of your account, well, you've got to actually claw to get your money back because it's not the future promise of money that you'll pay like with a credit card. They've Mm -hmm. literally taken money out of your account. And yes, there are protections and procedures, but it's just better to not be out the money in the first place. So it's going to come down to the individual to figure out whether or not it's going to be worth it to get that extra monthly discount. We think it probably is oftentimes, you know, because if you're if you're saving five bucks and even if let's just say you have an expensive cell phone plan at a hundred bucks, if you're paying, if you're saving five dollars, that's five percent. That's pretty sweet. But simultaneously, just know that you're not getting the same protections and benefits that you would get with a credit card. And that's that's just assuming just a basic cash back. There are a lot of cards out there that have really sweet welcome offers. Like on personal cards, you are looking at at least getting 500 bucks. But if you happen to have a little side hustle and you're able to get a business card, you're looking at $1,000 of just straight cash back. That's not even considering using those points towards something like travel, which is acts as a multiplier uh, on top of that. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, how you pay matters. You Certain protections, rewards, all that kind of stuff. We talk about it all the time. But you also have to be disciplined if you're using a credit card. That's for sure. Uh, and, and Matt, everything in life revolves around incentives, right? We talk about that all the time. There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. There's no right? perfect solutions. Yeah. There are subpar solutions. <laughs> right. Well, and it, but even when you pick this one thing, that's like, okay, that's my solution. But you trade off other things by going in that direction, mm-hmm. right? That's that's just kind of the reality of life. And it's definitely the reality of economics. And, and which, which way of paying is the most convenient? That comes with the most protections and offers the best rewards. Which makes me think of a white paper I just saw about charging electric vehicles, right? This doesn't come as much of a, a surprise to me, but EV owners, it turns out they end up responding to financial incentives to charge their vehicle at different times of day. For instance, if charging becomes free or the cost is significantly reduced after a certain point in the evening, 
folks will wait to charge. And if there aren't any incentives, uh, if there is no reduction in the rate, they'll charge whenever they darn well feel like it. Yeah. So it is interesting. Like some electric companies are are basically telling customers if you have an EV and you charge at this time of day, you'll pay a reduced rate. Others are saying that it's even free. Listener Greg, actually, who was at the Hang on Friday, he was telling me about he, he gets to charge for free after 9 p.m. his Tesla. So Yeah, well, like up to a certain amount. And it's funny because I actually looked that up because I was curious because I knew we were going to talk about electricity and I couldn't, I don't know what his specific plan is, but I remember him saying, it's like one of those conversations, you know, it's a crowded bar. Like a lot of <laughs> folks are talking. I'm like, did I actually, did I hear you right? But what I did find, so like Georgia Power here where we live, they got the nights and weekends rate where basically they're charging you more, right? To run the AC at peak times, they're offering a much more attractive rate at other times of the day. They've got like off-peak hours but they also have the only thing I could find was super off peak and guess what they're charging per kilowatt hour uh, three cents one cent oh wow yes which is like 20 or 24 times more affordable than just the standard rate like could you that's mind blowing so even if you don't have a free option <laughs> or something like that could you imagine there are lines wrapped around like into the parking lot at Costco just because gas is like 10 cents 20 cents cheaper mm-hmm could you imagine if it was 20, 24 times more affordable? That's it's, it's just mind blowing to think that if you do have an, an EV, the ability to slightly change your behavior, how it could lead to incredible savings. This yeah. is just one of those ways where it just massively pays to, to be a contrarian, yeah. honestly, right? And, and, and great to not do what other folks are doing. If you opt for a plan like that, I think it could save you a ton of money. But you have to not just change often when you charge your electric vehicle, you have to change when you do other things too. Change when you run the washer and the dryer and allow the house to get a whole lot hotter right during that Mm. peak period of day so that you're not running the air conditioner nonstop like other people are. So you have to be willing to change other things too, but it it can be worth the savings because the savings can be significant. Like you're talking about if you're able to get like 20x off. Literally, it's like one point something cents per kilowatt That's hour, crazy. which I'm like, oh, it starts making me think twice about the, <laughs> the the one vehicle that we have. But then again, then yeah. I've got to purchase a pretty expensive EV or right. uh, some sort of hybrid, plug-in hybrid, whatever. Uh, but definitely something I'm going to be considering moving well, forward. And, and this isn't just Georgia Power. It's there's Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- this happens across the nation. So I guess it's just a, a call to listeners to say, hey, wait a second, can I shift my energy usage and can I save actually a lot of my electricity bill by choosing one of these off-peak sort of plans mm-hmm. And and then changing my behavior conventionally, you might see, you know, I don't know, you might be able to see your power bill cut in half by doing something like this, which yeah. is which is awesome. And you're also not paying for something like uh, filling up at the gas station yes. every week. Like I think the larger lesson here is just find, like consider doing things a little bit differently. Consider times that other people, like it makes me think about, we, we talked about dynamic pricing for beer last week, right? Like <laughs> right. Oh, when all the other folks aren't going to the pub or going to the bar. Uh, so speaking of timing, the best time to buy a home is is almost here, evidently. According to Realtor.com, the first week in October is the best time to be making some offers on a house. It's certainly still a fraught time out there uh, due to the limited inventory, due to high prices, incredibly high interest rates that are tough to stomach as well. But this time in the fall is when the least amount of buyers are actively looking. Uh, and there are actually more active listings than usual. So it makes it a great time for you to pounce 
if you are financially ready. And so we'll see what actually happens in the housing market because will home prices go down further if you if you wait longer? That's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> it's anybody's guess. But the supply and demand imbalance, it's likely not going anywhere. Our advice, it, it stands, right? It continues to center around personal factors. You, you got to consider your timeline. You got to figure out, uh, determine how much money you've got actually saved up. You need to actually run the numbers and to determine whether or not this is going to make sense for you. But then I, like that's maybe even more the mathematical analytical side of things. There's also just personal considerations as in how badly do you want to live live in your own home to be mm-hmm. able to create memories there or maybe to get your kid into a certain school district because that's where this great school is and that would actually allow you to save money on private school. I guess that kind of swings back to the money, <laughs> the money side of things. But just consider some of these different different factors. So oftentimes no more than a third of your take-home pay should be uh, you should be spent on housing. That's kind of a typical rule of thumb. But that being said, there are other considerations as well. It makes me think like it allows if, you to ditch a car payment. Yes, yeah. Think through transportation. But let's say I was thinking about like a friend of ours recently went to New York, and she never travels. I was shocked to learn that she's like in her mid to late forties. She had never been to New York City before. She hates to travel. I was like, how have you never been to New York City? ever in your entire life before. It's like, I, I don't like to travel. If that's you, if you're listening and you're like, oh, that's me. I'm a home buddy. I don't, I don't like to go out to eat. I don't like to travel. That's an instance where your personal considerations, what it is that you prefer, might slightly sway what you would be willing to spend on a house. And I think in her case, it actually does too, because they, they live in a pretty nice place. Yeah, they're willing <laughs> to spend a little more on that, which yeah, exactly. Every teacher, don't, don't go overboard. If you drive a clunker and you don't yes. travel and you don't go out to yep. eat, you can afford to spend a little bit more in your house. Well, it makes me think too, Matt, like when, look at the facts on the ground too, right? We, it, how badly, you, you, you mentioned how badly do you want to own that home? Well, yeah, if you're like, yeah, I guess home ownership would be great. And oh, Matt just said, Matt and Joel just said October, the first week in October is the time to buy. But you're saving so much money because rent is so much cheaper, which is the case across most of the country. The disparity between the cost of a mortgage now and the cost of that same house, mm-hmm. but renting it is so significant that renting makes a whole lot more financial sense for a whole lot of people. So unless you're like, I really want to own a home and, and, and I'm, I'm willing prepared. to move mountains in order to make this happen. Yes. I'm willing to sacrifice in lots of er- other areas of my life in order to make that then happen. Then staying put and saving that spread and funneling it towards better things like paying off debt, saving and investing, that is probably the best way to go, at least for the time being, for a whole lot of people. But Matt, we've got more to get to on this episode. And specifically, I want to, let's talk about mental health and how that can impact how much progress you're able to make on your personal finance journey. We'll talk about that and more right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. 
So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. And we are back from the break. We've got more money stories to get to. And of course, it's time now to get to our ludicrous headline of the week. This one is from the journal. The headline read, you might be paying too much for that index fund. That's right, folks. Not all index funds are created equal. Yeah, sometimes we just say, oh, index funds are the way to go. But this is a good reminder. There's, there's that a little bit of nuance the yeah. there. Yeah. And so the war on expense ratios continues. Uh, State Street, they just announced that its uh, S&P 500 fund expense ratio is being cut to 0.02%. And uh, so what's important to keep in mind, Vanguard's is 0.03%. Oh. <laughs> so they kind of came in. It's Shots a, fired. A little bit of a slap in the face to the, uh, the, big, the big behemoth. But still, well, I guess... Uh, State Street, they're they're pretty huge as well. Yeah. But when we're talking about like that small of a difference, there's no need to shake things up. If you're happy with Vanguard, don't see State Street and, and be like, oh, I gotta I gotta get over there. Gotta move my, all my accounts tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But these these falling fund fees, they have been a massive win for investors over the past couple of decades. Right. Like over the course of years, just as the the weighted average fee that investors pay based on where their assets are socked away, it's actually down to 0.17%, which is a far cry from where it used to be. And so just, we wanted to mention this because we want you to be careful and pay attention to the fees that you're paying for sure. They, they definitely add up. Uh, just an increase 
from uh, 0.05% to 0.55%. Doesn't seem that big, but that could cost you almost a quarter of a million dollars over the decades. That is quite a bit of money. And so even though this particular fee, the change that we're seeing is not that significant, it all comes down to who you're with, yeah. to be honest. It does, yeah, 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 exactly. Not all index funds are created equal. Depending on where you go, it depends on the kind of fee that you're gonna pay. You don't have full control over this inside of like, let's say a workplace sponsored account, right? Your 401k or your 403b or something. In particular, a lot of those 403bs, you might be paying higher fees than you'd like to, but that might be the price you gotta pay to get that match. Yes, to get a match. Mm -hmm. But the inside of your own IRA or Roth IRA, right? You you have the ability to choose the specific provider yourself and you can prioritize the one that comes with the lowest possible fees. And so, mm-hmm. you know, or, or at least the average of the lowest possible fees. Like, sure. And that's why we always mention Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab. Those are three of the best. The truth is paying an extra 0.01% is not going to kill you, right? It's kind of like how yeah. it's probably not worth changing banks to go from four and a half to 4.75 on your high yield savings account. But it is worth ditching one of the big banks that pay 0.1% on savings in favor of any high yield savings account that pays in the mid single digits. And so, I don't know, the folks that stay uh, with the high fee providers or with the big banks who don't pay anything on savings, those are the ones who end up missing out bigly, I'll say. Uh, (laughs) It's like, it it doesn't matter if you go from Vanguard 0.03 to State Street 0.02, but it does matter if you're with someone who's charging you half a percent and you go to Vanguard and you're down to 0.03. That's right. Just makes me think of like the, Matt, they were AOL customers for years still paying fees to AOL. are. And are they still paying? Is it really happening? I think so, yeah. We talked about, it wasn't all that long ago, we talked about the number of folks who are still paying it's, for AOL. Which is just crazy. I mean, those are the people who are just leaking money every month. And we don't want you to be one of those people leaking money every month because you're not making it, th- that one big move. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but it's worth it if you're with one of the high fee providers. That's right. Okay. So since we're talking about investing, let's ask the question, when should you start saving for retirement? And the truth is the earlier the better. Uh, and so this is rare as all get out, but starting to save for retirement in your teens. We're speaking of the newborns here, right? As you, yeah, like literally, I mean, seriously, the earlier, <laughs> the better, but it would give you a massive leg up. It would allow you to save a smaller percentage of your income over the years because the dollars that you saved early on, they're working hard on your behalf. Uh, if you don't start investing until you reach middle age, like you have got your work cut out for you. You're going to end up paying a significantly higher uh, portion like of your investment dollars are going to be from you as opposed to your money having uh, multiplied and done all that work for yeah. you. If you want to retire on time, you are just required to sock away so much higher a percentage of your paycheck if you want to retire with the same amount of money. Whereas if you start earlier, you can just sock away so much less, really. That's right. And and the Roth part is key, right? This is a part of why we love Roth IRAs, uh, because you're paying tax on those earnings during years when you aren't making much money at all. You are most likely going to be in the absolute lowest tax bracket and you're avoiding taxation on the growth of that account forever. You never have to worry about taxes ever again. Uh Uh, And Roth IRA funds, they won't typically impact the kid's ability to score financial aid for college either. So that's another big win. But I want to give a little example here, and I'm sure folks have heard something similar to this, but just to put into perspective how big of an impact this can make, imagine you've got a, a an entrepreneurial 14-year-old, right? And let's say they start maxing out that Roth IRA fully. Well, I'm, we're talking 6,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's a, that's a lot of money. But let's imagine though that they do that for six solid years. Uh, they do that until they're 20 years old. That amount 
will have grown with their contributions and a little bit of growth to $58,000. Respectable, right? Like it's not a life-changing amount of money, but it is when you consider the fact that were that kid to leave that money untouched from age 20 until 60, right? Until retirement age, literally not having contributed another single dollar, right? Maybe they're like, okay, uh, I'm done with my money nerdery. Uh, I've got other things <laughs> I'm interested in. I'm gonna go sell my wild oats. Yeah, well, so spend I, everything I earn. So literally, were they to not contribute a single dollar at the age of 60, they would have around 1.2 million dollars, yeah, right? That's so that's, that's case A. Case B, imagine a typical 25 year old and they hear, oh, I, you need to start investing, okay. And honestly, even 25, investing at the age of 25 is still, young. is still pretty early. But let's say they start maxing out their Roth IRA as well, $6,500 a year. And they're going to continue to do that until they hit retirement, until age 60. They're going to do that for another 35 years. They will still have never caught up to the amount of money that that 14-year-old has in their retirement account. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that insane? There's just a gulf, a massive chasm of difference between the amount of money of their own money that that 14-year-old put in versus the amount of money that that later investor yeah. has put in like clockwork until and they decide it to retire. Gets even worse if you don't start investing until you're 40, 45, or 50 yes. or something like that. Yeah. And the amount required, like I said, to catch up and to to feel like you're actually prepared for retirement becomes just almost impossible to pull off for most people. Mm-hmm. And not to mention just kind of the habit that you develop starting early. Man, yeah. it's, it's pretty rare that you would, not- <laughs> you would actually invest 6,500 bucks a year for the for, for from 14 to 20 and then never do it and again. And then just stop. Yeah, yeah that's not likely going to happen. And so just imagine the, the, the kind of, and this isn't to say that you got to forsake any other interests that you might have, but just imagine the kind of wealth that you're going to have. You're yeah. going to be able to retire quite comfortably. Yes. And so just incentivizing, just helping your teenager maybe think through that and get yep. started, even if it's not like maxing out the Roth every year, but you're like, listen, even 500 bucks <laughs> into this account is going to be life-changing for you. And and one great way to kind of help them do this is the mom or dad match. It's a good oh, way yeah. to incentivize good behavior while also cementing some really important money knowledge. And there was a, a recent survey, Matt, it, which found that more than a third of parents, they don't believe that their child understands the value of a dollar. And this is just such a a great way of connecting the dots because uh, you know one other concerning thing from that study is that adults think that money habits uh, really begin to form at age 15 which is which is not true they form start forming <laughs> so much earlier right those beliefs and habits begin really in early elementary school if if not even a bit earlier than that and so if we wait to have money conversations with our kids until they're 15 we've missed a lot of ripe opportunities for discussion and then you know making money a relevant topic regularly in the home finding ways yeah. to help your kids just talk about it earn yeah you help them find ways to earn more to to save to spend wisely even in those elementary school years, even when, when they're first grade, second grade, that's really important. And that's going to help them then, as opposed to being like, hey, it's 15, it's time to open your Roth IRA. And they're like, what are you talking about? We haven't talked about money my whole life. And now you want to yeah. uh, talk. And I think- $6,500, what are you talking that's, that's crazy talk. Right. And I mean- And it is, it, if, if you've you, literally never talked about it before. And let's say you literally have a 15 year old and you've never had that conversation. It's okay to start today, but it's also better to start earlier. And then it makes that Roth IRA conversation in age 14, 15, 16, a little more palatable. Yeah. Yeah. Add that to your to-do list. Not you got the birds and the bees talk, but then you got, right. the, got the money talk. That's right. <laughs> uh, and again, but I think that's also, it doesn't need to be this big giant sit down sort of thing, yeah, 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 right? They need true. to be the, the regular the little small convos, conversations. Yeah. Where we talk yeah. about money here and there all over the place. And cause it is something that impacts Matt, your life, my life every single day and, and everybody out there listening. And totally. so just let your kids in on some of those combos. Just don't make it this like 
taboo topic that doesn't get brought up or yeah talk about it at the dinner table sometimes yeah. hey our vacation ha- does is, not have to be a big yeah. deal it could be something that you lightly touch on here and there talk about the trade-offs while you're you at know? the grocery store yeah. perhaps like this is why we get the this is why we go to Aldi right <laughs> instead of Publix or Whole or Foods this is, this is why we don't get the name brand cereal kids yeah. and we're getting bananas and peanut butter instead well you, and because of the nutrition right. that you actually get out of bananas and peanut butter yeah. as, as opposed to empty weedy whatever filled sugar laden cereal uh, by the way while parents can help instill good money knowledge and g- good habits at a young age well most folks are left to fend for themselves and it's important to mention that sometimes your money issues run deeper than a lack of disciplines so obviously there's sometimes a lack of knowledge if it was never talked about but for others there are other obstacles that are maybe a little more difficult to overcome the times they had an interesting article about women with ADHD and how that can actually impact their ability to to make financial progress. It's interesting, actually, how they talked about oftentimes boys, uh, they get diagnosed fairly early on because of just the behavioral tendencies and the symptoms that, that are shown, but girls oftentimes can fall through the cracks. It, it often expresses itself differently in, Ex- in exactly. young girls than does in boys. So we think that our, our eight-year-old probably has ADHD, although we haven't gotten an official diagnosis, but I'm like, man, I can see, I can see it, but it, it looks... It just just exhibits itself so much more obviously in boys. We're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. But yet yet. (laughs) folks with ADHD, neurodivergent folks, they can have a tougher time managing their money. So apparently folks who have ADHD can feel something called this is the what we led with at the very top of the episode reward deficiency syndrome which basically means it can lead to higher levels of spending in order to get a dopamine release where it is that you get that initial dopamine release to begin with like that's another conversation i guess but oftentimes we are turning to spending and if you kind of have this deficiency syndrome you're basically you're spending even more in order to get that hit uh and evidently it can have the opposite effect as well sometimes it causes folks to become so anxious that they avoid spending as much as possible from a financial standpoint maybe you're not in as bad of a situation but maybe you are still uh, dealing with a similar level of unhealth again we're not doctors but that being said like if you feel like this is you maybe consider going to see an actual doctor i think just even having a diagnosis can can help a whole lot i think talking to like a therapist they could help you to just understand what it is that's going on it could help you to not only identify, but then even come up with a plan to help you to avoid some of the tendencies that you have that you might be drawn towards that could be leading to uh, financial instability. Yeah. And I I think you're right. Like getting a diagnosis, if you think that might be you, can be helpful because it can at least help you see where things are stemming from, right? I think medication can sometimes be helpful. Cognitive behavioral therapy is something else that can kind of help your brain rewire, teach it new ways of thinking about stuff. CBT. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, trying to change the CBT brand, you know, like, (laughs) make it cool again. Yeah, trying to make it sound, yeah, sound bro-y. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I think it is just, it's just one of those things where it probably doesn't get talked enough about in the personal finance space and it feels like it's just math or behavioral change and behavioral change can be more difficult for some than others based on what's going on inside their brains and so it's just important to mention that (laughs) not doctors but man it can help if you're struggling to to unearth maybe some of that kind of stuff and and not just assume that you're the kind of person who can't do it you might have more obstacles in your way but it doesn't mean you can't over the overcome them with a little bit of help and matt this might sound weird but i think i think loneliness can cause us to do weird things with our money too there's been a lot written about kind of the epidemic of loneliness that we're experiencing in america these days 
IRL stuff, like our how to money hang, that's becoming more and more rare, sadly. And when you can buy whatever you want and have it delivered in minutes or hours, yes, it can become easier <laughs> to hunker down and spend like a maniac. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's a part of like what I was kind of hinting at before, like where it is that you are receiving those highs, those dopamine releases. Yeah, when you don't have individuals in your life to shoot straight with you, you don't have anyone saying that, like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't be buying yeah. that, or like, why are you getting another one of those? It seems like this endless cycle because when you are purchasing something, it's such a short-lived dopamine release. It's not a robust high, right? As opposed to something that you are able to that's able to power you sort of like our when we were able to hang out with a bunch of listeners and carry that on into the weekend and and beyond or at least there was like a just a bit more of a shame factor because even if you didn't have a friend with you you had to go to the mall and the person the cashier or something like that like there was some sort of in-person feeling (laughs) that that you contrived based on your spending but not so much anymore you can just like literally do it from the privacy of your own home and so this this is how the amazon man has turned into the uh, drug dealer (laughs) it's like deliver me my fix yeah that's kind of what we're talking about pretty much and so like insider had an article about how friends and seinfeld both those shows were onto something back in the day with the coffee shop and the diner kind of being places to congregate and how it provided a lot of social stimulation necessary social stimulation and we agree right there's been a whole lot talked about in the personal finance space about how buying coffee is like the worst thing you can do for your money but the truth is there's little splurges yeah and if you do it every day you got to get rid of it it can add up that's for sure but meeting a friend for a latte, it might actually be able or, to help you reduce or beer, or other spend or beer, or yeah. beer. It could help you reduce spending in other areas, yep. right? If it means that if that meaningful social interaction gives you kind of the outlet you need that helps prevent some of those other unhealthy spending outlets, I think it can be a good thing. And so sure. Matt and I, I think we would suggest finding an inexpensive third place that you hit up regularly, right? It can be, it's good for your ability to build community and it can be good for your finances too. Sure. Um, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily involve spending money. Your third place can be your local hiking trail, right? I mean, I'm spending yeah. a lot more time on mine lately and I run into the same people and it's kind of fun. Yeah. So um, it doesn't have to be even buying a coffee, which is a pretty cheap way to get that outlet. It can be other things too. Yeah. I- I mean, I think it just it just takes being vulnerable. It, it takes you going out on a limb because like what we're talking about here is community and creating a sense of community. And that's something that we've, you know, you and I have talked about this with our wives all together, just how it's difficult. You know, we moved our families a year ago from someplace that we had lived for over a decade to a completely new part of town where we didn't know anybody starting from scratch. Yeah. And I think what we're what I'm realizing more and more is that it just takes vulnerability. It takes going out on a tiny not a tiny limit. It takes a, uh, taking a tiny like little leap of faith, essentially. Yeah. It, it's saying hi to somebody, introducing yourself. And it's uncomfortable doing that because you don't have control over the situation. Like, oh, what if they don't reciprocate? What if they don't respond to me? Or I've what if notice you hugging w- random people. What if they weird. don't want to talk to me? Well, that's just the cost of creating community, of, of trying to foster community. And But I think that's, that's it's just what it takes. Yeah. And, and oftentimes we're just in our own worlds. Dude, we were talking about uh, we we're talking to a Chick Fil A owner, and they were saying that ninety over ninety percent of their business takes place in the drive-through. Yes, and that's I feel like that's another example of in, an instance where we are trying to be in control. The only relationship is transactional. You're just getting your food, you're giving, you're paying for it, and you miss those in-person brushing of the shoulders, meeting somebody or seeing somebody you hadn't seen before, meeting somebody, hearing something new. The ability to not control your life perfectly, I think is actually a great way to ultimately lead to happiness. And it just, yeah. 
That's why we love biking, right? Because it, it gets you out of your car where you're not completely insulated from your surroundings. You have more of a chance to, to actually talk to talk to people. Literally yesterday, I was biking home from work and it was, I was coming up on the path. My neighbor was there and I hadn't talked to him in a couple months. And I, ha- I had my earbuds in. I was, th- I was listening to a podcast. But I was like, let me just turn, turn it off, pull up next to him, see if he's willing to, to chat a little bit. And we ended up talking for over 30 minutes. We went all the way back, back to the neighborhood. And that was like, so that's an instance of not even having to pay any money. Yep. And, but just being, because I'm like, what if he was on a call? Or what if he was listening to an audio book that he was really interested in and kind of shut me down? Okay. Like that's just a, I guess, a risk that I think we should all be willing to take. If in particular you are looking for more community, and I, and I think we certainly need more of that based on the stats you're talking about. Yeah, the, I think the I think pandemic of loneliness. We're all dealing with that. I think those relational outlets help relieve some of our desire to spend money to fill that void. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we avoid the cheap that cheap hit of mm-hmm. like, eh, let's go ahead and have it delivered tomorrow. Yeah, I had the, like the best conversation with this older gentleman who's on the mountain all the time like and i was i was on it i hiked with him for a little while and it's just meeting new people here and hearing about their You're lives smoking you wouldn't the he? cool stuff <laughs> he, <laughs> dude he's there a lot more than i he's in better shape than Is i am so, yeah he's probably in his like early 60s and he respect um, he owned me but i love it yeah but it's so fun and so that's the kind of stuff just encourage you to do it's a, it's amazing how all these other aspects of our lives impact how we think about how we handle our money and it seems um small or it seems like they're unrelated but but really everything's interconnected so it's true all right that's going to do it for this self-help session of (laughs) (laughs) how to money got to talking about not money there for a second exactly yeah we appreciate you listening and we hope you have a great weekend and again if you're in new orleans don't forget to put october 19th on your calendar that's right we look forward to doing an in-person hang there at courtyard brewing we hope to see a bunch of you out there on october 19th that's a thursday night so matt that's going to do it for this one until next time Best friends out. Best friends out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. 
Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.